Dolly. Welcome back to the Elise DeLucci Show. I'm your host, Elise, and we're in my apartment on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Episode 28, baby. Today we're talking about caramel apple pie just in time for your New Year's resolution dieting. Tummy tucks, Ariana Grande, bidets used as emergency contraception. That's right. So take a sip of your eggnog and talk to me, Elise. Fact of the day. Cheetahs can't roar. That's true. Cheetahs, they meow like cats, like little kitties. Meow. Isn't that funny? When I think of a cheetah, I think of a giant, monstrous mother-in-law roar. I do. That's what I think of. (laughs) But they meow. It's hilarious. So how are you? It's almost New Year. 2021. What the hell? What the hell? I feel like a Space Odyssey 2001? No, it's like, it's so beyond. It's like 2021. I who, uh, oh. I was born in the last century. It just seems crazy, all crazy to me. 2021 is the year of the ox, according to the Chinese uh, Lunar New Year calendar. An ox year occurs every 12 years. I don't know what that means, but that's what we're doing. Hopefully it means that it's strong. We're going to come back strong We're going to recover from 2020 strong. So what have you been up to? Let me tell you. Um, Me, uh, not so much. But I did watch a new Woody Allen movie. I think it came out last year in 2019. It's called um, A Rainy Day in New York. It's with Jude Law, uh, Selena Gomez, uh, Liev Schreiber, Schreiber, Elle Fanning. It is so cute. It's so, so cute. Well, let me say, it's not my favorite Woody Allen movie. I mean, my favorites, oh my God, Annie Hall, Manhattan, Midnight in Paris. I mean, so many. Cafe Society. Um, But this, this was really cute. This was great. It's basically about a young couple that leaves their private, you know, small hoity-toity liberal arts school. They come to New York for a little getaway and, uh, and they get to Manhattan, and it's sort of rainy and crazy weather, and they have just a whole bunch of adventures. It kind of reminds me of Midnight in Paris, how it was that Midnight in Paris was like that those that one night or those few nights, and they're just swept up into this crazy bunch of crazy antics and a big crazy story. It's kind of like that. But um, but the cast is young. It's cute. It does miss Diane Keaton. Womp womp. Um, and I like seeing Woody Allen in his own movies too, you know? I miss that. But it's really cute. And the locations, first of all, the soundtrack is amazing. And it's on Spotify. If you go on Spotify and you type in uh, A Rainy Day in New York, you can listen to the soundtrack of the movie. That music is right up my alley. That's the music that I listen to around my house. Besides for like, you know, Frank Sinatra and Tony Bennett and that kind of stuff. And of course, disco. But um, the soundtrack's amazing. The locations are so, so good. I mean, all of the, the, the most classic New York locations. The Met. The Pierre Hotel, Bemelman's, the Carlisle Hotel. Oh, so good. Minetta Lane downtown. <clears throat> oh, just just the best. If you want to um, really like see what uptown Manhattan is like, the Upper East Side, um, this is a good movie to watch to see all the locations and all the glamour. Not all of us live in uh, you know multi million dollar townhouses on the Upper East Side, but but it does paint this really accurate, I would say accurate picture of the Upper East Side. I just happen to be a fish out of water living in here, but that's me. Um, Ariana Grande got engaged to her boyfriend. I don't even know his name. 
It's something with a D. Dalton. I, I honestly, I have no idea. But here's the thing. One, congratulations, Ariana. But two, her engagement ring. Have you seen this? You got to Google it. Google Ariana Grande's engagement ring 2020. It's a pearl. It's a, it's a, it's a platinum band, thin platinum band, and it has a small pearl. And next to it has an oval, a big giant oval diamond tilted, like, you know, kind of like on a diagonal. I'm wondering what you think about this. Here's the thing. I think that, um, okay, so listen, it's definitely different. And I, I like things that are different. And I like things that are not sort of cookie cutter norm. I think it's super cool. But in terms of practicality purposes, so you have this small little pearl. I don't know, maybe, I don't know what it is, maybe is it, I don't know, it's just small pearl. And then this giant rock. How practical is that in the sense of, well, one, are you going to, do these celebrities really wear these giant rocks all around? I mean, if we didn't learn anything from Kim Kardashian's Paris mugging, which was absolutely tragic and insane, I mean, are you really going to wear that around? But two, is a diamond is the hardest substance, hardest, hardest thing on earth. A pearl is not. A pearl is not. A few weeks ago, I was talking about rings and all that and alternative rings and the, the Mohs hardness scale. Well, you want to know what? A pearl on the Mohs hardness scale, it's only a 2.5. Do you know what's a zero on the Mohs hardness scale? Talc. Talc. A 10 is a diamond. So you have this interesting juxtaposition, which maybe there's some symbolism next to the ring, right? You have the super hard diamond, big, big diamond, and then next to it, you have this dainty little delicate pearl. Maybe there's some symbolism there. Maybe there's something a little poetic about it. But here's the thing. Arianda. Oh, Arianda. Arianda. Let me get two snaps in that Z formation. Ariana, as adorable as I think you are. How is this? How is this practical? How? Because I don't know about you. I don't know if you plan on wearing this thing, this monster rock all over the place. But, you, you know, I bang around when I was engaged and married and I would wear my ring. I'd bang around my engagement ring from time to time. You know, not not on purpose, but if I was doing something, opening a door, opening a cabinet, absolutely accidentally bang. Sometimes if I'm cooking or I'm at, at a restaurant on the table, and now you're gonna have. And so fine if you're banging around a diamond. I don't advise, but if you do, I mean, it could handle the wear and tear. But the pearl, the pearl that's gonna literally bust in a million thousand pieces, or it's gonna scratch. I mean, I so I don't get it. But you know, as is you know, celebrity land, la la land, Hollywood, everybody likes to do something so different and sort of top the next or whatever. But I think there's something to be said about practicality. I really do. I, um, I think it's cool. I think it's nice, but mm, Ari, Ari, girl, girl, I don't know. And by the way, by the way, can we talk about the fact that, let me just put this in perspective for you my favorite listener, best friends. Um, in October 2018, Ariana Grande, she was engaged to Pete Davidson, okay? Comic and actor, you know, King of Staten Island, blah, blah. In October 2018, engaged to Pete Davidson. Now, in December 2020, she's engaged again to a different man. And it's a pandemic. So she basically had, let's do it, let's break it down. She basically had 17 months of active, normal, non-pandemic dating. And she got a another engagement. I have friends that take a 17-month break in between dates, let alone fiancés. God, racking them up. How does it even happen? I mean, 
come on. You don't even really know somebody that well until after a year. I would argue more than a year and a half, right? I mean, look, I was married for almost 10 years, right? And, and, And I was learning things about my then husband all the time. Some good, some really bad, some really shitty. No, not like bad, like horrible, I married an axe murderer shit, but just like, you know, things that I'm like, God, this is like a real thing with this guy, you know, or, oh God, this really is, oh, I thought, oh, I thought maybe he had this little weird quirk about him, but actually he has like, uh, this quirk about him all the time and it really fucking would drive me insane or it's ruining our marriage. And I'm sure he felt the same way about me because I'm the walk in the park, but so I mean, come on, Ari, baby. She, she she gets she gets unengaged, right? I don't know when when did that happen? Did that happen in October 2018 or maybe let's say November? Because I don't know. I don't keep up on the latest Perez Hill, TMZ goss goss. So 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 she got unengaged, and then what? She she met she met somebody else and and got newly engaged and and had a pandemic and was social distancing and wearing me. I mean, come on. <laughs> I think what she did was she went on Tinder and said, I am Ariana Grande, posted one of her adorable pictures, and that's it. Floodgates open. Man flood. Must be nice, you know? When you're cute, bronzed, you know, I think she's Italian. She's Italian. I should know that. I should know that. Italian, adorable, little pop star. You post on Tinder, and all of a sudden, it's, it's, it's a man smorgasbord. It's a man board. I love it. I love it, but you know what? I don't know if you really know. I'm going to know this guy too well. Let's be serious. And as for the Pearl and Diamante, Pearl and Diamante ring, I like in terms of unique, but practicality, meh. So I made a brisket. I made a brisket yesterday. Oh, so good. So good. You know, brisket's hard to find, you know? It's it's such a, for whatever reason, I mean, I, where I live, there's a lot of Jewish people, and Jewish people tend to eat brisket around the holidays. So, you know, it's Hanukkah, so there's brisket around. Brisket could be found. And you find brisket again, well, or corned beef, corned, like a corned beef brisket around St. Patrick's Day. But it's not so easy. It's just not so easy to find. But I did read that if you can't find a brisket, you can um, replace it with a chuck roast. It's a cheaper cut of meat. So and I think that it's a little tougher, which means I think you have to cook it longer. But um, oh, I love brisket. I love brisket. And you want me to tell you, I, I, this wasn't going to be my recipe for today, but I'll, I'll tell you how I make it because it's like two, it's three ingredients and it's insanely easy. Brisket, a can of cranberries, and one pack of Lipton, Lipton onion soup mix. That's all it is. You put the brisket on a pan, you slather the, the, the can of cranberries all over it, the, sprinkle the soup mix, slather it all up with your hands, cover it tight in foil, bake it 325 for at least two hours, probably two and a half hours. It's like about an hour per pound. I cook, I had an almost two pounder and I cooked it for two and a half hours because I wanted to just be really like break apart, delicious. Ah, it's all you, all you need to make it and it's so good. It tastes like pot roast. Mm. I also made, um, because I'm clearly on a food tear. Because I'm clearly thinking about dieting for New Year's. I'm not. I made a mushroom barley soup. Yum. I had a rotisserie chicken leftover, and I made uh, I made a chicken salad with cranberries and walnuts, mayo, a little red onion, celery. Mm, 
Mm-hmm. So good. Oh my god. You know when you, I I must be getting my period. I must be because this is this is out of control. And on that note, I want to tell you something else that I made a caramel apple pie. Have you ever made this before? Oh my god. I have not. I have not. I've made tons of pies, all kinds of pies, blueberry, cherry, peach, apple, all kinds of pies, but I've never made caramel apple pie, which is basically apple pie with a little uh, caramel syrup in it, but I'll tell you how to make it, and it's so easy. I use a pre-made pie um, pie shell. You know, if you want to make your own, great. I can't deal. Well, I could if I didn't have kids or any stresses in my life, so I use pre-made pie thing, pie crust, right out of the frozen aisle. In a bowl, it's so easy. In a bowl, I just chop up about five, well, peel and chunk up about five apples. I use any kind of apples. I, I, I just, I'm not fussed. You could use Granny Smith. I think I use Gala apples. Two tablespoons of lemon juice, about, um, you know, a quarter of a cup of flour, a half a cup of granulated white sugar, a half a cup of granulated brown sugar, a teaspoon of cinnamon, a half a teaspoon of nutmeg, a half a teaspoon of cloves, a quarter of a teaspoon of salt, and some caramel sauce, you know, like chocolate sauce, but caramel. Mm. All you do is you just put the apples and the lemon juice in the bowl, and then you put all the dry ingredients in, the flour, the sugars, the cinnamons, the nutmegs, the clove, the salt, mix it, mush it all up, you know, dig your hands, just really get in there, erotic style, just get it all in there. And then just let it sit for 10 minutes. Take your apples, put them right into your pie shell. You know, I'm assuming your pie shell comes with a little aluminum thing at the bottom. If it doesn't, roll out your pie dough and put it in a pie thing, you know. That's all you do. Put Put your mixed up apples into the pie shell, and then you're going to take your, your, your caramel sauce, squeeze it out of the bottle and just drizzle it. I'm doing the ham motion. Drizzle it back and forth, back and forth. You know, make squiggles with it. Mm, all over the apple pie filling. Now, what I do on top of that is I put another piece of dough. I had two pie, pie shells. It came two in a pack. I took another piece and I put it right on top. And then I sealed the edges together, you know, with a fork. I brushed the top of the pie. Um with some egg white and I put a little fork prick in it, you know, to let some of the, uh, the, uh, steam come out. I put it in the fridge for 30 minutes. And while it's in the fridge for 30 minutes, I put the oven on at 450. I bake it for 15 minutes at 450. And then I reduce the temperature down to 350 and I bake it for another hour. That's it. Delectable. Delectable. Oh, I mean, honestly, I love a good caramel apple. I love a good candy apple. I, I, I just love everything in general. I love everything food, everything sweet, everything fattening in general, in general. And this is delicious. Oh, and by the way, if you really want to be a fat bastard, after you put that caramel sauce all, all over your apple pie filling, you could take some butter, dot it, put some dotting of butter around the, the, the filling too if you want to make it extra rich. But, mm, oh, God. That, you know what that is? That's engage, That's that's an engagement ring apple pie there. If you're dating a guy 
and you want to get a ring, yeah, oh, yeah, baby. Make him a little bit of that brisket, maybe some mashed potatoes. Ooh, maybe a little homemade macaroni and cheese, apple pie for dessert. If you don't get a ring, call me up because then we'll figure out a way for you to leave his fucking ass because that, that meal is going to be so good. Yeah. So, tummy tucks. <laughs> that wasn't planned. That really was not planned. Um, one of my friends, she texted me the other day and she said she has a friend. A friend, air quotes. No, I know it's probably a, fr- a friend of a friend because this girl's so thin. But she has a friend that wants to get a tummy tuck and she wanted to know if I had a, a plastic surgeon recommendation for her, which I did. <laughs> Shout out to Dr. Stephen Levine on Park Avenue. Hi, Dr. Levine. Anyway, um, I so I gave her the, the, the uh, recommendation for the, the doctor, but she asked me if I had it done, and I didn't. I, I wasn't a candidate for a tummy tuck. And, and here's the thing. The scar, in my opinion, is horrific. Now, I am only able to say that the scar is horrific because I do have a horrific scar from a breast lift, which I can tell you about if you're curious to know. But the So here's the thing. Well, let me just say. If you have had your babies, as have I, and you have a lot of skin hanging or, you know, whatever, there's just stuff you can't get off, look, nothing tastes as good. Nothing feels as good as skinny feels. And if that means you have to get a tummy tuck, fuck it, just get it. And who gives a fuck about the scar is what I think. I mean, right? But but if you don't really need a tummy tuck, if you're a candidate but you don't really need it, but, you know, you, you could get it if you want... Is the scar worth it? I don't know. The scar literally from for from a tummy tuck is um is hip bone to hip bone. So I've had two C sections, so I have a nice four inch scar. But the tummy tuck scar is way bigger, you know, hip bone to hip bone. And as well, um, they do make a small incision around your belly button. So basically, the the, the doctor takes all the tissue below your belly button, above your belly button, um. Any stretch marks will also be removed. The belly button goes into sort of a new place. I know it's so weird. Well, it has a new opening. It stays in place, but it has a new opening. And um, and then, you know, everything is tucked and snipped and whatever. That scar is not that nice. The scar looks like a reverse T. So it's the line from bone to bone and then a line up to your belly button. Now, like I said, if you have tons of extra skin or weight and you just want to get it off and you've tried a million things, do you really gonna are you really gonna care about the scar? No. But I wasn't a candidate for a tummy tuck. I did not get one. Um, but I did get a uh, breast lift in my left breast. I mentioned this once before because for whatever reason, I had two kids and my boobs decided to become different sizes. Hello, gorgeous. Just in time for a divorce. Ugh. So I have a scar. Scars, scarring, by the way, I learned, I come to learn, it had a lot to do with genetics, but on my left breast, I literally have a scar that goes from my nipple down, a line down. Um, And it is, it just, it barely got lighter. Like it's, I have another friend who has, who had some, uh, breast work done implants and she also has bad scars I haven't seen them but she told me I should I should take a look though she should show me but my scar isn't due to Dr. Levine my scar has to do with genetics like I just have crazy ass sensitive skin so my scar is just bad it's it's not like keloid or anything you know like that but it's it's a little wide-ish and it's still kind of dark it's 
pink and um, let me hold on let me look at it yeah it's just ugh. literally I feel like Freddy Krueger it looks like Freddy Krueger took a took a long giant scary nail claw to my boob so if I was a candidate for a tummy tuck would I get the tummy tuck probably not because I don't want to deal with that scar I know how my body scars and I wouldn't want to deal with it now there is a mini tummy tuck there is a mini tummy tuck and it literally, um, that incision I heard is just a little bit longer than your C-section scar. So look, here's the deal. If you've already had a C-section and you already have a scar and you want, you, you want to get a mini tuck, well, what's it to you? Just fucking get it, right? Because it, you just open the same scar back up. Maybe you get a little bit of a bigger scar. Oh, well. I don't know. So I don't know if this girl, my friend of a friend, is actually going to get the tummy tuck. Or the mini tuck, whatever she's going to do. But I did give the doctor a recommendation. And um, we'll see. I'll keep you posted. Here's the thing, though. I mean, what do you think? What do, what do you think about plastic surgery? I, let me tell you my opinions. And we talked about plastic surgery on an earlier episode. I, when I was younger, I used to think plastic surgery was horrific. I used to just think, not, I used to just think, why, why would you get it? It's so expensive. It's such an investment. And... Why would you do it? Like, we're made how we're made. And if you want to have bigger boobs, get a onesie bra. If you want to be skinnier, I don't know, go, you know, go on a diet. That's what I used to think. Then I had kids. And after I had, and I was running when I was pregnant with my second daughter. I became a runner. My ex used to run. And um, after I had my second daughter, I really started running a lot. I was doing a lot of the New York Roadrunner races. And there were just things about my body that I could not change. I mean, people are like, oh, diet and exercise. Let me tell you something, okay? I was eating very healthy for like so long. I know I'm talking about brisket and mayo chicken salads and caramel apple pies and how I've been eating problem and I closet eat all over the place. I know, and it's true, but not during this time. I literally went like a year and a half, two years with being on such a strict diet. I was running all the time. I was running 12 miles a week, which for me is a lot because I do not have a predisposition to an exercise body. Thank you very much. Um, the closest thing I get to exercise is putting on sequin le- leggings and dancing to Richard Simmons on my flat screen. But I could not get some shit off. Like I had love handles. Like It looked like somebody glued muffins to the top of my waist Like every time I put on my jeans. It was horrific. So I wound up getting a little lipo. And I'm not afraid to say it. Some people have such a big stigma about it. You know what? I had to get the breast lift. I got a little lipo. I don't care because I have given birth to two human beings. And I worked while I was doing that. I worked full time. I worked insane 12, 14-hour days. I was absolutely crazy. And you know what? I wanted to just feel like a woman again, Okay. My husband at the time, I love him. He's wonderful. Yes, we're divorced. Yes, I I still love him. Of course I do, just because it didn't work out. But you know, our sex life never, never went back to how Stella got her groove back. I'll tell you that much. So not only did I work and have the kids and, and I was on another planet, I was, I didn't have, I wasn't in a marriage that it was like, ooh, the kids are sleeping. Let's go in the pantry and do the do for a second. Or it wasn't like, Oh, like let's have a let's get a babysitter and have a date night and have a whole, you know, sexy escapade. No, I didn't have anybody or anyone helping me get the groove back. And it was sad. It was sad. And I'm not gonna lie to you, that was one of the reasons why my marriage failed for one thousand percent. I mean there were other things, but that was a big thing. 
because after you go through having babies and 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 the, the painstaking work to, to literally grow a human being, deliver a human being, have major surgery, two C-sections within 17 months, which I had, and then be working the whole time during it, fuck that. Fuck that. You need to you need to feel like a woman again after that, and I did not. And that was sad. It was really sad for me, and it was a sad time in my life. But you know what? I'll tell you this much. I got plastic surgery. I got a little nip-tuck. I got a little plastic plastic, and I was happy. Now, that doesn't mean I'm addicted, and that doesn't mean that I'm going back for nose jobs and this, that, and the other thing. No. That meant that I put in some fucking real serious real serious fucking sweat equity like you if you've had kids and I was just like I want to do something for me so I saved my money on the side and that was that um I have no regrets I literally have absolutely no regrets but I was that friend I was that friend which I hate that I was. I was that friend a few years ago saying to other friends, you know what, if you can't lose the weight on your own, like whatever, whatever. But that was that was all before. Sorry, you hear a siren in the background. I have my window closed. But you know what, welcome to New York. You got the windows closed and you hear all kinds of crazy shit. And I live in the, the my apartment's in the back, so it's not, um you don't really hear it. But anyway, I apologize if you hear that noise. But right, I was that girl that was saying, if you can't lose it on your own, why would you bother to be so cheesy and get plastic surgery? Oh, guess what? I'm in the fucking cheesy bin now. I could care less. Put me in the deli drawer. Put me with the cheddar and the brie. Fuck it. You only live once. So why not? You only live once. Oh, and then I wound up getting divorced. So, oh, I was very happy that I actually wound up having that stuff done. I'll tell you that much. So that's my big rant for plastic surgery and tummy tucks. <laughs> And lipo. But listen, if you want to talk about that more, just write to me or message me. I could tell you all about it. What I really want, which I'm never going to get, I really want though. Well I, have, well, I shouldn't say I really want. I have fantasies about getting or wanting. the um, uh, My upper arm, my upper arm, I have the worst bingo wings. You know, the old ladies in the bingo hall, church bingo, 2 p.m. on a Sunday. I won, I won. That's me flapping in the wind. I'm dying to get. I'm dying to get those removed. But you, you, the scar is like a goddamn zipper up and down your arm. And knowing how my left tit looks, you think I'm gonna get a zipper on my arm? Get out of here. Anyway, so did you hear that? Did by a chance? That was a snore. That's the dog. Aw, Coco, you're so cute. She's sleeping in her little leopard bed. So yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious to know if you guys had a tummy tuck or a mini tuck. Let me know. Let me know if you want to talk about it. So do you have any New Year's resolutions aside from maybe getting lipo or tux or boobs? Uh, every year I say I'm going to do a New, Year, New Year's resolution. I never do. I mean, I do it. I say I'm doing it. I pick one. <laughs> I stick to it. I'm like, I'm definitely going to stop eating as many Oreos. Mm, definitely only going to limit myself to like two Two Oreos three nights a week. No. No. Never works. But I came up with some better New Year's resolutions this year. Let me share with you. There are a few. Drink more water. Write mail. Write more mail. Snail mail. Handwritten letters. One, because I want to practice my handwriting because it looks like chicken shit these days. I'm sure yours does too. Everybody's does these days. But two, there's something nice about getting a real letter in the mail or a card. So drink more water. Write more snail mail. Write letters to my daughters. That's like a really important one. 
when in their baby book when they were little I um you know I wrote like such beautiful things I would wake up in the night I was all like just had given birth and I was all you know just overtired and new mom feeling all the love all the love pangs all the time and I'd write them these love letters in their baby book and I want to write more letters more letters that they can open you know when they're 21 or 25 and you know we never know when our last day could be. Um, so not to be morbid or anything, but also it's so nice. I mean, I wish somebody did that for me. My God, that would be so beautiful. Oh God, did you hear about the dad? This is a nice thing. There was speaking of writing letters to your kids. There was a dad who passed away um, when his son was young and he he left his son uh, an envelope with a $10 bill in it for his son to buy his first beer when he turned 21. So the mom kept this envelope all these years and on the kid's 21st birthday, he went to a bar and bought the, his, his first beer with the dad's $10 bill. Isn't that so nice? I love that shit. Anyway, so write more letters to my daughters. Declutter. That's always on my New Year's resolution. But I, I put it on as a good one because it really is a good one. We all got a Marie Kondo, you know? Do you do that? Like if it doesn't bring you joy, dump it. The problem is probably you have this problem too is that it might not bring me joy but in the moment, but it will bring me joy if I fit into those size four pants. So I keep them. But I'm not doing that anymore. I'm just not. I'm not doing it. Another New Year's resolution I have is I want to be able to save a certain amount of money a month. Like I know everybody wants this too. But here's the thing. I'm not going to – I I am going to be diligent about this in the sense of I am going to put – make a limit. Like – well, not a limit. Pick amount of money. Like I'm, when I say pick an amount of money, I'm talking about a very – easy amount of money, like for me, like $50 a month. I'm not kidding. $50, $100 a month. And I'm going to do an auto save, an auto debit into my own savings account. I'm going to set it for once a month. And that's it. I'm just doing it. I am just doing that. I say I'm going to save and I, and it's for whatever reasons, it's hard for me to save because I am a single parent. I have a lot of bills and I got the kids and they grow like weeds and blah, blah, blah. But I am going to set up an auto save, and that's that I'm doing it. Now, this auto save is not going to afford me to take them to Disney World, as I heard that that's like a six thousand dollar vac. We aren't, be, we will not be going there anytime soon, girls. But it does help me save, and I am able to have a New Year's resolution goal finally checked off the list. Another New Year's resolution I have. I feel like you, you'll have this one too. I want to print more pictures, like. I don't know what the hell you do, but like literally, I have so many goddamn pictures on my phone. Wait, hold on. Let me look. Like you're you're actually going to die when I tell you how many. I have, now mind you, it's also a lot of my videos, 67,744 pictures on my phone in recents on my iPhone. I know. Gross. I want to print more pictures. Not 67,000, but I, I, I want to be able to print just like a few pictures every month, of the adorable ones of my kids. I want to frame more kids' art. My daughters, they're now making these little cute books. Oh, they're so sweet. How to make a pizza or what does a bear do? I want to frame them or, I don't know, laminate them or something. Um, that's it. That's what I have. I have a friend. She's using Mixbook. Do you know Mixbook? Mixbook.com. It's... You, um, you know, they make photo books, but she, she takes a picture of her daughter's drawings 
And then she uploads the picture of the drawings into Mixbook. And she does a Mixbook every month. I think that's such a cool idea. I actually don't think I can afford to do a Mixbook every month. They're, they're kind of expensive. I did look it up online. They're like, I don't know. They're like $50, $100 a month. But, but whatever. So product reveal. Before I get into the product reveal, because it's directly related to this topic, is a bidet. Do you have a bidet? I don't have a bidet. I don't have a bidet because I have a bathroom that's six feet by 11 feet, a.k.a. Uh, water water closet. But, but, but I like a bidet as I get older. You know what's so funny? So, like, I don't know. I don't know about you. I didn't have a bidet growing up. I always thought bidets, and maybe you did too, are super fancy. Like, a, for us Americans, they are super fancy. Now, in Europe, they're way more common, and they're all over the place in a lot of people's homes. But for me, I always thought bidets were fancy. As I get older, I feel like I see the value of washing. Oh, dog. Hi, Coco. Are you okay? She's coughing. This dog, she's a long-haired chihuahua. She sheds like a motherfucker. Dogs coughing all over the place. Hacking. She's on medicine. Anyway. Um, as I get older, I feel like I see the benefit to a bidet. Not that I never saw the benefit to the bidet, but it's like, I just need to keep everything very clean all the time because I'm just I, I because I as I get older I don't know I I don't know what it is I get skeeved out I I just I just can't I just can't so I if I was redoing my bathroom I would probably install a bidet although I still feel that it's weird this dog you okay God Coco are you okay are you okay okay we'll we'll we'll, we'll I'll get you something in a minute. Sorry about that. So, anywho, the bidet is like, oh, God. She clearly doesn't <laughs> She clearly doesn't want me talking about bidets. But I don't know. I If I was going to redo my bathroom, I'd probably get a bidet. Although I still think a bidet looks like a, a toddler sink. I still do think that. Do you know Marie Antoinette? She had a bidet. It was a bidet trimmed in red. Now, that is fabulous. But, so, here's the thing. I do not think... It is weird. Okay, you know what? This dog is having a, a... Coco, what's up? What's up, Bill? What can I do for you? I'm doing a podcast right now. Okay, Koki. Okay. Okay. I honestly, I think I don't think this dog wants a piece of ham or something. Coco, give me 10 minutes, okay? Give me 10 minutes. Like, is it weird to spray water in your butt after you go to the bathroom? I mean, not really. I don't think so. This is so distracting. This is literally so distracting. Coco, stop it. Coco, stop. Okay, you know what? Let me let me pick her up. Come here. Come here. Okay. 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 Now I'm holding her while we're talking about washing your ass after going to the bathroom. Is it weird to spray water on your butt after you use the toilet? No, probably not. I don't think so. You know what's so funny if you really think about it and bidets and washing your ass with water? I know. This is so TMI. Mom, if you're listening, just t- put your earmuffs on. Here's the thing. If you get something on your on your hand or on your leg, you know, some schmutz or some some honey, if you're making tea, get it on your fingers or whatever, some dirty shit mud, what do you do? You wash your hands with water and then you wipe it dry, right? But if you go to the bathroom, why are you just using paper to wipe, right? You should be maybe using a little water wash. But we don't. We do not use water. We're like the only people that, that own the only country in the, the world that, that I feel like don't believe in bidets. In the Middle East, in India, I think in those countries, they, they, they do the bidet. Actually, I don't know about India. 
I know in Japan, in Europe, in France. So then I started thinking, well, why, why aren't bidets that popular here? Why aren't they popular in America? It's weird, right? Well, you know what it is? It's because apparently the rumor has it is that American soldiers first saw bidets in French brothels and it made them think that they were naughty. So, you know, basically people thought that a bidet was some dirty apparatus that people would have. They, they thought that they thought that they, you know, if they were in brothels, it must be some dirty sex thing. But they were not. Obviously, it was just keeping people hygienic. In fact, though, in fact, someone, someone though told me that, um, when I started to really talk about this with somebody, someone said, you know, at least, uh, look up, um, bidet and contraception. And I said, what do you mean look that up? So apparently, apparently that, um, back in the 1700s, people, you know, they didn't have birth control then people would, if they would need an emergency contraception, they had sex, they, they needed to, you know, I, I don't know what, what, wash the semen out. They would get on their bidet. That's what they would do. They would wash out. It actually wasn't necessarily used to, 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 to wash your privates. It was used as emergency contraception. Isn't that crazy? Crazy. I think that's really wild. But anyway, wait, wait, actually, you know what the funny thing is on that note? I, that's right. Now I'm remembering is that, um, some, like something I read it, when I was reading that, it was like, it was like, oh, is that, oh, is that, someone's an American person said, oh, that bit, so a bidet and said, oh, the bidet, is that what you wash babies in? This looks like a little baby sink, a little baby bathtub. And then the, 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 the person, I think they were French, they said, no, no, that's not what you wash babies in. That's what you wash babies out of. <laughs> that's what you, you know, that's what you used to wash babies out. Can you die? Can you die? But anyway, listen, I don't know. I'm down for a bidet. I'm totally down. I don't have the room. I'm down. So, which gets me to my next point is our product, the Tushy Spa. I was doing all this research on bidets. I was talking to people about bidets, and I was looking it up, and I was like, ah, bidet. And, and then, of course, now I'm retargeted with these freak ads, but one of them was this thing called the Tushy Spa, and it actually wasn't that freak at all because it had, it was in so many um, magazines and newspapers, this product. It was amazing. Literally, it's an attachment for your toilet bowl, and it uses the same, I mean, here, wait, well, before I even say that, it's an attachment for your toilet bowl, which basically turns your toilet bowl into a bidet. So you go to the bathroom, you can flush normal, but if then you want to have a little wash, a little washy wash, you can push one of these buttons in the tushy spa, and that's it, instant bidet. So... Of course, the first thing I thought when I saw this product was I was like, oh, God, I'm what? Am I going to have toilet water, toilet water washing my ass? That's disgusting. No, but apparently, wait for it. It says it uses the same water that you brush your teeth with. Ew, vomit. I know. But apparently the Tushy Spa, it doesn't use any electricity, no plumbing. The only thing you need to install the Tushy Spa is that your bathroom, your, sorry, your toilet and your sink have to be on the same wall. Um... But if your toilet and your sink are on the same wall, you can put the tushy spa in apparently really easy. It has a self-cleaning nozzle. Uh, I think that's for the spa, not your ass. It, 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 it could do warm water, hot water, temperature control. It does a pressure and an angle. I don't know. The water's clean. Apparently, it fits on oval toilets, regular toilets. Uh, listen, I think this, this shit sounds like a shoe-in. It's 100 bucks. the tushy spa. It's 100 bucks. 
Now, I don't know if I'm really going to get the Tushy Spa, okay? I like the idea. To me, it's, it's, it's a no-brainer. But I only have one bathroom in my house. We all share it. And I don't know if I really want my little daughters playing around with the Tushy Spa. I'm not into that. So, first of all, they definitely fucking break it. And two, I know that next thing I know, I would have a bathroom flooded from, with bidet water because they, they would think it's some crazy bath toy. So, yeah. I don't think I'll be getting it, but I want it. But I want it. If you have it, let me know. Tushy Spa. I'm curious about that. Question of the day. Hi, Lise. I, I can relate to this one for sure. Hi, Lise. My best friends are engaged and planning weddings and buying houses. It dominates the conversation and their interest. It's, well, let me start over. My best friends are engaged in planning weddings and buying houses. It dominates the conversation and they are interested. They aren't interested in talking about anything else. How can I make it stop? P.S. I'm not buying a house, nor am I engaged. I don't even have a boyfriend. Hmm. I'm sorry that you're dealing with this. This is horrible, I know. One, mazel tov to your friends engaged in planning weddings and buying houses in a pandemic. But, um, story time, quick story. So when I was, um, I was single, when I was single, when I was younger, uh, I had a couple of friends that were engaged and also buying houses. And I was not only, I, I was only, I was not only not engaged and not buying a house like you, I and I also did not have a boyfriend. I also just got out of a relationship and I was really, really depressed. And, um, I remember being at one of my friend's houses, one of the girls, and they were just talking about re- remodeling their house or what they were doing with, with this room and that room. And, and then, you know, the conversation would switch to, to wedding planning and dresses and flower arrangements. And I, I really just felt, I, I don't even want to say that I felt bad. I didn't feel bad like a poor me. I was genuinely happy for my friends. And I genuinely remember sitting there. We were all having like wine or something. I don't even like wine, but I was drinking wine. We were all sitting around and uh, I remember thinking, I'm happy for them. But I remember just thinking, this is so fucking boring. Like so fucking boring. Like they're not talking about anything else. Not shopping, not anything. Not even other people's house designs. Not even looking at design magazines. Not like literally nothing I was able to contribute. It was like talking about, uh, are you going to get the subway tile or the porcelain tile, you know, as your backsplash? And, um, you know, are you going to do tulips or baby's breath? Like it was literally so specific to their weddings and houses that I was drowning. I was drowning. Let me tell you what I did. At one point towards the end of the conversation, I said something. I was like, you know, guys, do you think you could talk about something else? Like, some of us aren't getting married and buying a house. Well, that didn't go over that well. They kind of were like, oh, sorry, we're sorry. And then it went right back to their thing. But I also did feel a little bad because I felt like they're so excited and they're talking about this stuff that's obviously magical to them. And I was kind of being a little bit of a bitch. So I did say that, but I will tell you what I did after that. I didn't hang out with them as much. I love them. I loved them then. I still love them now. But I didn't hang out as much because what was I going to hang out about? They're planning their fucking fairy tale life. And I just had gotten out of a relationship. So my advice to you, can you make it stop? You can't. You can't. 
you can try to gently remind your friends that you are unattached and, you know, live at home or have a giant rent and can't afford to buy a house and aren't planning to wear a Cinderella ball gown, you know, in six months time to marry your Prince Charming in a pandemic mask. You can remind them that that's not what's going on in your life right now, but you can't really make them stop because I'm assuming that you're on the young side. And if you are, if it's your first wedding, hopefully you're last, but if it's, if it's, you know, if you're young and if it's your first wedding, you know, and, and you're, you're all swept up in it and, you know, you, you, you have your subscription to every bride magazine on the planet. I mean, like, you would be just as excited as they are, I hope. Unless you're like me, misanthrop. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I think you just can't let it stop. I think you should go hang out with your own friends, your, your, own, your other own single friends. Or how about your own your other, why can't I talk? Your other friends that have lives that are more in line with yours right now. And if you don't have those friends, other girlfriends like that, go on the app, go on some dates and get your mind off it because it sucks, but you got to be there for your friends when they're going through their good times and their bad times, just like they'd be there for you and whatever. And it'll pass. And obviously when they're done talking about houses and weddings, they'll probably be talking about babies, and then daycares, and blah, 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 and that's why sometimes people stay friends with their own kind, or seem to be friends, find themselves, if you're single, you have single friends, if you're married, you know, married friends, I feel for you, girl, but don't sweat it, you can't make it stop, you just gotta, like, either ignore it, or hang out with other friends, sorry, I don't have better advice, this is my own personal experience. Quote of the day. New Year's Eve quote of the day, I should say. By Bill Vaughn. Youth is when you're allowed to stay up late on New Year's. Middle age is when you're forced to. By Bill Vaughn. So happy New Year, everybody. The next time we're talking, it'll be 2021, darling. A whole new world. Still a pandemic. We'll still be washing, hand-washing, and machine-washing masks, but a new world. And I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Elise DeLucci Show. Thank you for supporting it all throughout this year. This year, through the pandemic, I thought, oh, my God, I have this awesome TikTok following thing going on, and it's been saving my life in terms of a creative outlet um, and just an outlet in general, a friend outlet during the pandemic. And then I said, Oh, let me start a podcast. And I did the podcast and everything has just been so nice. And I'm so appreciative. I couldn't do, I, li- I actually literally couldn't do any of this without you because what fun would it be doing a podcast or doing TikTok without any viewers or listeners? So thank you. If you want to leave me a review, that could be the best thing you can ever do for me. And I would really appreciate it. In the meantime, I hope you have an awesome, awesome New Year's Eve. I will be home watching, um, who's hosting? Anderson Cooper and who's the other one? You know. Oh, Ryan Seacrest, I think. They're hosting. Too bad not Dick's, Dick Clark's Rockin' Eve, but that's okay. I'll be watching. I'm gonna have Chinese food. Ooh, spare ribs and fried rice and yum yum general style chicken. Exactly what the person who had liposuction should be eating. Ha huh. But I'll be doing that I'll be probably having some caramel apple pie and ringing in New Year's Eve, having a good old time. 
So I wish you a happy new year, and I look forward to talking to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.